0: Welcome to Awaken Life Radio, a podcast about being a spiritual being, having a human experience in a world gone mad. Each week, we will discuss how you can heal yourself, cultivate your intuitive superpowers, and be a sacred vessel for planetary healing. I am your host, Narayani Gaia. <laughs> okay, so here we are starting out laughing, which is, seems to be a theme of the summer with all the podcasts. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Awaken Life Radio. I am here with the beautiful Anne Mulner. Hi, Anne.
1: Hello. Thanks.
0: For yeah, we're on video, even though y'all are listening in audio. Anne looks really great today. She looks really good in turquoise with hot pink lipstick. <laughs> and um. We're not here to just talk about how good she looks. We're here to talk about (laughs) (laughs) intuitive awakening, spiritual development, and our work as transformational leaders, and how we can um, support you today in being mm, inspired on your path, embodied on your path, aligned with your intuition on your path, and to drop some nuggets that We haven't shared before. And so, like Anne, um, or like myself, rather, um, Anne, you know, she's a channel. And the way that we met was this really cute way, which was (laughs) you you were doing this new moon channeling. And I, again, like I told you when we first quote unquote met online, that I don't listen to a lot of like random extra spiritual things because I feel so. Pathic, and already just have my own like few things that I source and it's overwhelming a lot so it's enough anyway but I did this channeling and I started getting all these messages for you and (laughs) a private message Dan and she's like uh when I said give me feedback don't just I didn't mean give me feedback for me I meant like (laughs) what are you getting and I was like but
1: I'm channeling do you consider yourself a channel that is such an interesting question that I actually have been, if I'm going to be honest, really wrestling with a little bit mm-hmm. in recent months because some people, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there's been sort of this whole conversation in the new age, quote unquote, spiritual world that, you know, channeling opens up, you open yourself up to Dark forces, and you can be hijacked and da, da 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 and so, and the truth is that I even before that conversation was coming up i I didn't consider myself a channel because I thought that channel meant somebody like who's like a trance channel or like a medium, mm-hmm. and that's not how I work, but mm-hmm. insofar as I do receive guidance and messages on a regular basis for myself and other people and about the world, yes. And also insofar as as, as a creative artist also. I mean, right. again, we're all channels, but yes, I do have particular capacities in that realm. I don't necessarily use that word, but yes. Right,
0: right. <laughs> right. Well, so this is interesting. Like, here we go, this conversation, yeah. because this we talked about this when, yeah. Because we did a trade, uh, a few, and mm-hmm. we had this whole thing about this. And I, I have a lot of opinions about it because yep. I have a lot of opinions about everything. <laughs> but um, but I, this is a really interesting, juicy topic for people because there's a lot of misconceptions and then there's experience. Yep. You know, and knowledge. My cousin is a trans channel. Mm Stephen Rogat, who I will get on this podcast eventually. He's my second cousin Mm -hmm. and one of my elders. And he started speaking in his sleep in a different language. And his wife was like, oh, honey. And his name was Michael. And I don't think it's Archangel Michael, but I don't think it's not Archangel Michael, by the way. So I'll have to get clear on that for you because we were just talking about Archangel Michael. Okay. So, and he, when he channels, he literally has a whole nother voice. I see the, you know, and he can get into that state and the messages are amazing and profound. I don't have another voice when I bring messages, but I think because I've trained to run energy for so many years from my healing training and whatever whatever that I can I know when it's starting to happen. Like I there's a couple of things that come in. One is there's nothing they'll say there's nothing wrong with you. That's always a gate for me. They'll say there's nothing wrong with you when I'm going to channel for someone and they want me to tell somebody that there's nothing wrong with them. And then all this information comes which is like random like right? Do you have something that happens when you start channeling that kind of keys you or that you feel, or do you just invoke and then it comes? How do you-
1: Well, I've, up till now, thus far, mm-hmm. I have done it intentionally. So I don't like, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, you're psychic or intuitive. Can you like read my mind right now? And I mean, probably I could to some degree, but that's not how I operate. Like, I I mean so far what I do is I do a particular type of meditation a divine love meditation which is which is adapted from the work of Robert Fritchie at the World Service Institute it's a healing meditation and mm-hmm. I um use that as a as a portal and during that meditation I receive a download and then that's the beginning of how of a, a longer conversation with a person or if it's just a friend or family member, that's it. We just do the meditation. I tell them, I receive like a movie. I receive a mini movie in the two minutes of the meditation mm-hmm. and I just share it with them. Mm. Um, sometimes I do think it's possible that I'm receiving information at other times that I'm not aware of because I'm honestly still working through like, you know, feeling tired sometimes when I'm around people or... And certainly if somebody... I definitely receive a lot of sort of knowingness or guidance about frankly people's psychology and who I can trust and who I can't and what's going on with people and I can pick up on a lot of things about relationships and stuff I don't con- but I don't get some sort of cue on that that just Yeah,
0: you literally consciously give permission to get the download. Yes, then the I'm doing well.
1: yeah, a download, yeah. That's yeah. that's a conscious I'm going through a whole process to do mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things with awaken life radio that we focus on is people being in spiritual service. It's about, you know, cultivating your um, intuitive abilities, about self-healing, getting in the flow in your life and with oh. money and and then being of service and understanding that um, you know there's a kind of a process to coming mm-hmm. into spiritual service, but it's it seems really unique to everyone what the process really is yeah um so it's very interesting over years to for me in developing my body of work like as a process mm-hmm. but over time, I came to understand that it's akin to like that spiritual initiations are akin to learning how to crawl before you walk so that you can have balance, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know I used to be a massage therapist, and sometimes when I meet other massage therapists and we start talking, I realize that there's like there's cert- I realized this recent in the last few years that there's certain initiations that massage therapists go through, hmm. mm-hmm. right? Like if you stay with it, like definitely always boundaries, yeah. um, radical self care if you want to be sustainable, you know, speaking your truth about money, like self worth, like all these things, and you work, now you work as a channel, right? Mm-hmm. But you also work as, um, you call it a reclama- uh, women's reclamation coach. Is that right? Yes, yeah, self-reclamation. Self-reclamation coach. Okay. And I know the little bit I know about you is that you've, you know, you've been through a lot. You've, mm-hmm. you've been through a lot of growth. You've been through a lot of learning. You, you're a woman who goes really deep. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could speak about some of the initiations into um kind of into leadership with your spiritual gifts that have helped you to really stand in in your offerings because I feel like a lot of our listeners and people that I serve as well in general they they struggle with that they struggle yeah. They're they're they get so much information and they don't know what to do with it some people get overwhelmed by it And in fact, we're all intuitive, right? When we're we're in, we're all intuitive. (laughs) Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. 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 Can you speak about some of the big things that have helped you to start to lean in to reclaiming yourself Mm -hmm. um, in the role of a guide for others, an intuitive guide?
1: That's a great question. (sighs) I mean... I mean, uh, one of the things was what I would say fairly simple and just quite organic for lack of a less overused word. And that was that this particular meditation was something that we were doing in my family for years. Anytime somebody was going through surgery or sick or going through something or whatever, we would gather together, uh, maybe two of us or five of us or whatever and do it. And then, and I was always getting these mini movies And so we would always just share what we each received. Mm -hmm. And I was started to get this feedback from people that what I was sharing with them felt super resonant and accurate for them. So that was the sort of a helpful clue. Um, And then I had another person who is an intuitive, that's her profession. And she said to me, you could do what I'm doing and you should just start. Mm. So,
0: yeah. That's that's awesome. I When I reflect on my path of stepping out into more leadership, I also was told, like, you can't buy my teachers and mentor, and I sought that. And I yeah. feel like when, I don't know if you see that with your clients now, but people seek that, and there's nothing wrong with that, seeking that kind of validation well, or have, blessings.
1: Yeah, way showing and encouragement mm-hmm. and... For sure, especially for something, I think, for something like this that's, I mean, it's becoming more sort of mainstream, but it's it's still kind of fringe in a way. I mean, if you're at a cocktail party, I mean, of course, now who has cocktail parties anymore, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the world isn't a little bit of a weird place, but- We'll have cocktail parties again. Yes, we will. We will. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're at some, I don't know, some place around a bunch of people yeah. and- probably the majority, unless you are at a spiritual conference, most, a lot of people don't even know what it means when you say you're an intuitive. They don't even know what that means. Right. Right.
0: It's happening. It's like, Oh, you do readings. Can you read me? right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You got to pay me for that
0: shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, but I do think that it's, I think that encouragement and mentorship. Yeah and mirroring back i mean that's important for every human being i do think it's especially important for women because of you know the society and i think it's even more especially important if you're an artist or a healer or an intuitive if you're doing something that's a little bit out of the norm you do need some I mean, it can't be only external validation, but some is helpful. We all need people. But to as believe-
0: simple as it sounds, what you're saying, it can be a confusing point for people on the spiritual journey until yeah. they feel like they have a safe, secure connection. Yeah. I feel like I'm always, like most of us, are seeking secure attachments. Yes. Right? Yeah. And when you meet someone who seems like an emotionally mature or spiritually mature person who you've energetically feel like maybe they get you or they see you or you, they have something for you, you Mm -hmm. know, and then that person validates you because they could see you because they've also, they're also a deep intuitive. It's like there's a, there's something that's sparked and it could be very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be very simple. Like, Hey, I'm really feeling ready. Do you think I'm ready? But I see people really struggle for years and years to emerge. I've struggled with my own emergence, although apparently it's part of like my Meyer Briggs because I'm like the, I'm an INFJ plus, Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is like, you're really internal, but you're also an extrovert. (laughs) So it's not, it hasn't been so hard for me to like, people like, oh, you're so brave. You just come out. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. just who I am. And that's part of the medicine that I have to offer, right? It's like, come on, come play. Come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's talk about self reclamation and how you help women to, to claim their power. And, you know, you guys may or may not know Anne, but Anne is an, has a strong background in acting in theater um, and she's a singer and she's really, you're really, really gifted. And you know, there's ways that I know you work with people that nobody else does.
1: (laughs) Yeah. As far as I know, that's true. Right.
0: I feel like what I do, nobody fully does. Yeah. Um, Can you speak about how you work with women and what is self-reclamation and how did you come up on that term? Self-reclamation.
1: Yeah. How do you help Um, really claim
0: that, you know?
1: So I'm going to go in reverse and say how I came up with the term and then how I do it. I came up with it through my own to use your word initiation which was um going through a healing process after you know hitting a you know quote unquote bottom of some kind emotionally speaking um and I sought uh deeper healing assistance around that and in that process what occurred for me was that I w- could I started to recognize the lies that I'd been living from, that I'd been that I'd mostly received from, you know, family and society. And then of course you start to reinforce them over and over in your own head. And you basically lies about who I am or who I was, right? And then once I could see those and then let go of them, then I was able to reclaim my true self. And the experience was the way I described it to people was. I went I I recover I retrieved myself from the underworld, like in the um Perserpina myth. Um Okay, I'm gonna yeah. jump in. Yes.
0: Just for the sake of conversation for clarity for our listeners. Yes. What were some of the lies from the underworld? Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. Um that well, interesting that you get the the little the cue that you get from your guides because you know, one of them was there's something wrong with you you know, you're broken. You're, I mean, to be perfectly blunt, I was told by a person close to me, um, that I was a narcissist at a pretty young age. Um, mm. you know, at probably an age when it's kind of developmentally appropriate to be <laughs> self right you know, focused. Right,
0: um, right. Right. Then it's like, there's something wrong with me that I'm the center. I can never be the center of attention. It can't be. Yeah. At me. It always has to be at everyone else. Yeah, And then you start like strategizing and it's, it, that's a confusing thing to say to a young child.
1: Yeah. Well, it wasn't a young child, but yeah, a teen, an adolescent. It's confusing mm-hmm. anyway. Regardless. Yeah. An but, um, yeah. So that, or um, that. Oh, also that I, I also had, sort of a story going that I was, um, too cerebral and like emotionally suppressed and inhibited. Um, that was because of challenges I'd had as an actor. Um, and sometimes in, you know, in, in like dating and stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of it had to do with being, um, Being some having having an idea that I was uh, selfish on some level or self-absorbed, and I had really been working so hard to kind of like do the opposite that I had kind of overcorrected. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So so you compensate and being like, "No, I will please you." I no, I'm about you. I'm about you. You, you, you know nothing about me. And then you start like ignoring your own needs and sabotaging yourself, and maybe even hurting yourself or making destructive decisions.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Th- throwing yourself under buses and yeah. stuff like that that we should not do. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: okay. That we don't have to do, that we do. No, we don't, don't have, have to. Yes. yes. So, um, and then what, so after I kind after I retrieved myself, um, then that also, but that also was sort of catalyzed by and coincided with a, my parallel growth as an actor and just seeing how um, the work of being seen through a a story about somebody else um, as somebody else (laughs) actually gives you tons of space to find and express yourself, right? Um, So that's how So I chose the word self-reclamation because that is what I did for myself with the help of other healers. Um, And then how I work with women is to combine, we do intuitive stuff. We do, you know, (laughs) reparenting. We do sensuality stuff. We do self-expression stuff. I adapt things from acting for people who are not actors, mostly about expressing different aspects of yourself and and being seen allowing yourself to be seen and take up space um Mm. i mean i use my healing as a as a i mean my healing i use my singing as a healing that was a freudian slip as a healing modality yeah Um, yeah, i use my healing as a singing (laughs) but it's kind of it is a process that i that i take people through it's I. it's sort of a five-step process that has stages Um, and it has to do basically with the process that I went through. Yeah. And and so you're reclaiming yourself and letting go of the lies and, and reconnecting with who you really are. And then Mm. you get to start to see yourself and your life and the people around you and the relationships more clearly. And then you get to start making different choices from a place of clarity and intentionality and empowerment. And then you get to really start to like shine and allow yourself to be seen and receive.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get in the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, similar to my work, but with your flavor. Do you, do you do do theater and stuff with people? Like you like play out the voice of like a lonely, wild, you know, whiny child or something like, do you have people play (laughs) out?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, to be honest, that hasn't been what I've done so far, but there's no reason why I couldn't. I want to do that with you. <laughs> you can totally do that. I mean, absolutely, because, of course, that would be also sort of a corollary on, a, in mm. a way to internal family systems, reparenting. Those yeah, yeah.
0: I just wonder about playing those just because you speaking yeah. about how being somebody else helps you to be seen and, like, it still touches you. I mean,
1: more of the archetypes that I tend to play with have generally more to do with, um, mm. a lot of the women I work with, because mm-hmm. of course we teach what we need to learn, right. Or mm-hmm. we teach, you know the things that we also have had trouble mm-hmm. with. So mm-hmm. a lot of the women that I work with have, um, they need permission to mm-hmm. be bold, to yes. be, um, assertive, yes. to be like, you use the word wild, to be wild, to mm-hmm. be, um, in their sensuality and like the femme fatale, the bitch, the Mm. seductress, those are the kinds of archetypes that are, uh, that would give a person permission to like play, you know, use the full color palette. But definitely like the teenager, the little kid, all of those are part of it.
0: Yeah. 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 Did you do burlesque?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I see. I could see that. Oh, yeah. it's so fun it's so fun and i would rap definitely i mean that's not like my it's not what i teach i have a friend right actually who who does and she's amazing and um yeah that i learned from but i would really recommend it as a corollary yeah. to my work because i yeah found it to be incredibly uh, i don't know it was a super empowering experience well, there's
0: so many layers of shame around sexuality that go back just our grandmothers. I mean, not that long ago, I know. you know, it just wasn't safe. I mean, women couldn't even vote until the 1920, whatever, twenty something.
1: Yeah, you know. It's so interesting, also, that you bring up grandmothers because my grandmother, mm-hmm. well, my grandmother on my dad's side, God bless her, was a severe alcoholic. She went to rehab 17 times and never got sober. <sighs> um and that's like super wasp alcoholic land right (laughs) i'm just Mm -hmm. saying that because it's a stereotype but it's it's,
0: part of the stories though i want to know the stories
1: yeah and on my mom's side my grandmother who's still alive um Mm -hmm. is a total powerhouse and she also my observation of her not particularly connected to sensuality Mm -hmm the feminine and frankly, a little bit threatened by its expression in in younger generations of the family. So, um, you know, we've been kind of updating that legacy, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so true that, and, and, you know, also you can see it's confusing. Like, I don't know. Do you ever, this is, I don't know. This is random. I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but when you, when I used to live in New York city, I would often see young women, you know, walking around in five inch heels and mini skirts and, you know, tons of makeup and their hair done and whatever. And they're like drunk, you know, they're walking around drunk on the sidewalk in New York city at night. That's dangerous. Very. So I'm not saying that's dangerous as in if something happens to her, it's her fault. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I do think as a culture, we are still really in the process of figuring out how do we as women fully embody and express and live in the power that we hold and that is our birthright and still take care of ourselves and have healthy boundaries And then the, you know, men have a whole other journey around it, which is complementary. And then of course, there's a completely different journey if you're non-binary or, you know, uh, but my point is it's, 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 it's complicated.
0: It's really complicated. And we're doing really big work. Those of us that are choosing to do work in our lifetimes for, for hundreds of thousands and thousands of generations of humanity. It's very big. You know, I have this question coming in. It must be, must have an answer because I'm getting I'm giving myself the chills thinking about it <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it I'm getting the chills um, you know I also do bo- embodiment work and it's like, well what does my womb say? what is the energy my feeling? Yeah. What do I need right now? What's the desire like yeah. and we, we work with that right and like really finding it and naming it and like honoring the shame and and loving it and letting it go on its own and finding what's on the other side all that all that really good deep uh, conscious embodiment work. But, but where my mind is spiraling now is how, like like you, we both are really love, you know, channeling and working with these spiritual energies. And yet we're, we're really into like the sensual embodiment mm-hmm. frequencies. So, and maybe the answer is in frequency. Yeah. Um, but like, why would we be tuning to spiritual energy to help us to get in touch with our sensual energy
1: right because why would we be doing that
0: yeah like why does the spiritual energy help us to be embodied if the spiritual energy is out of body or spiritual energy is i mean i I think a spiritual energy is light as divine light really Mm -hmm. but isn't that interesting like why not just go well what does my body need what does my body want what's my intuition what do i feel what do i know what's the stories like Why do we need to be disembodied or go far away from our bodies to get knowledge about being on the path of embodying love?
1: Well, well, that's such an interesting question. I, and my, you know, it's always an ongoing process, right? And honestly, lately I've been um, working with this heart resonance practice from my friend Seth Krasansky. Um, It's very similar to Joe mm. Dispenza, but it's own, his own version that he basically mm. created himself while in prison and sick, and it's a whole thing. Amazing! Mm. You should have him on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, intr- so, me. So, Sounds yeah. Good. So he. um, So that practice is very much about like the heart as mm-hmm. part of the body and the breath, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's been interesting for me because I have for a long time tuned in more to like the womb space and yeah. you know like the uh, is it? I hope it's okay to say "pussy" on this, or you it's okay know. to say "pussy"? Okay, <laughs> like so, those areas, right? Okay. So that being said, mm-hmm. I don't see it as. For my experience, is actually not that I go disembodied. Mm-hmm. When I go disembodied, it's because I'm receiving messages, but I, am not conscious of it. And then I start to get dizzy and tired. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in the practice of, it's also part of the reason why I do work the way I do with the channeling. I have like a grounding thing I do. I, you know, I have certain breathing that I do. So I feel like I'm creating a container and my body feels different when I'm in that space than when I'm just talking to somebody. I'm more in my body when I'm doing that.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good answer. Yeah. I I can yeah. say I can say that also if I'm running my energy or tuning into I mean a big part of my work is working also similarly it's actually integrating the heart and the spirit yeah. and the third eye and the root chakras and your higher self it's like about working with having all parts of you have a mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. so i get that and i know that there's a value to grounding light because we are made of light and we're connecting to our to like parallel universes and our whole timeline of our reincarnation cycles when we work with light too But it's just, I don't know, it just struck me. And I never asked that question before, a thought of that question before, really. Yeah.
1: Well, and I do have another thought about it. Yeah. Let's share it. I don't think it's, so it's what I just said, but also I want, I, I mean, of course, we don't know the answer to that, right? But I suspect that it's partially to do with, well, my suspicion is that we are, I mean, we're here in bodies on purpose, right? So if we're here in bodies on purpose, then being in our body is part of the divine plan, right? So for example, my friend Megan Watterson always says the body is our chance to be here. Yeah. And I just love that. So Mm -hmm. maybe the reason is because whatever that divine guidance, wisdom is that we're channeling wants us to connect to our sensuality and our you know and also wants to, to it, right? mm-hmm. yeah, wants to experience it right yeah wants to experience it and also mm-hmm. wants us to go through the process of developing discernment around that right like where are we connected and where are we where do we flip over to using sexuality in a way that's disconnected mm-hmm. i mean it's you know what i'm saying it's very layered
0: yeah well what i'm what i'm hearing from you is sparking an awareness of a, of a whole timeline. Mm. Um. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. We're back. Um, I'm seeing a whole timeline of humanity as we talk because you, you activate me like that. Mm. So it's, it's, cuz my okay so my mentor Lania who also will be on this podcast Lania Desmond she she taught me and I found it to be true over many years as I went through life's initiations as I continue to go through life's initiations that the being in the body is the way to connect with spirit and that we don't have to try to fly out in the universe to connect to spirit but actually the keys are here. I also had an enlightenment teacher that taught that, and my yoga lineage as well really brings in the embodiment of our different koshas and energy bodies, etc. So, I'm having a like a kind of like an intuitive memory flash that there's some template in in my memory mm. where we were. Not separate from spirit, right? It's in, you know, it could be in the Bible, Zion, It's in, you know, these all these traditions that that understand it. In my own experience of being in nature, when you feel really blissful and and connected and loving and clear and fresh, and that we were able to have all these gifts, right? Like I'm remember, like we were psychic telepathic we'd have visions the whole village would dream something at the same time now once in a while when it happens it's like whoa it's like you're at a cocktail party and you're like oh yeah i'm a a healer and i'm a coach oh really do you do readings well that's so cool it's like (laughs) it's actually just like natural you know right but if we weren't so distracted and poisoning ourselves Mm-hmm. Then we just we would be feeling and sensing in these deep intuitive knowing ways and I'm also remembering that we used to all be able to see auras like it wasn't a thing yeah and that the way to do that I'm getting the chills again <laughs> now I'm ge- I give myself the chills these days Is that narcissistic anyway I was watching this show with um, with my niece last night and it's gosh, what what what's it called? Ah, they're so they're so up on pop culture. They're so much better at pop culture than I am. But there's like this different incarnations of this being and mm. um then they met and they like were falling in love. And he was like a power grabber. And they were like about to kiss. And she's like, no, my, my niece is an indigo. She's like really brilliant. I like <laughs> bow to her. And uh, she's like, no. I'm like, why? What's wrong? She's like, that is so narcissistic. He's like, he's falling in love. I'm like, but isn't it self-love? And she's like, no, because he's a power grabber. And if he's a power grabber, then it's narcissistic. And there's a difference between narcissism and self-care. And I'm like, ah, okay. I <laughs> sound like. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so in our re- in our in our timelines we have we have this knowing, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, we have this knowing. So it is is it that simple that us us that are like on the healing path, well there's also the shadow, right? Like I want to be out of my body, like I want anywhere but here, so I'm going to alter my mind. I went through that like I I can't believe how fearless I was with drugs in my early 20s. I mean, it'd be like, oh, here's some cocaine. Okay, here's some LSA. I'll just eat it. Like, who knows what was in that stuff, you know? And, but I was like, whoa, the world is so beautiful, you know? And then after I started detoxing from all of that and going in and, you know, really connecting to that that magic and the awakening, my third eye and visions and understanding I was a dreamer, I started to crave the communion with spirit you know? And so I'm just sitting with that because I want us, I want our listeners to be able to have clarity to bridge that gap between longing for communion, but also finding peace in the nectar of their pleasure. You talk a lot about pleasure. Yeah. Um, How do you work with your people to merge their sensuality with their spiritual connection? Do you, yeah. do you teach them the channeling or how do you do that?
1: Um well, okay, first off, I just want to say that that your timeline visions are have some similarities to my future time future timeline possibility visions that I get as as like our highest possibility, you know, which gives me hope because the world is like in such a weird place right now. And mm. but I just keep getting these that type of thing. But anyway, we'll talk Thank about you. that. Thank you.
0: No, that's really yeah. good. I've yeah. been told that I'm from the future.
1: Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) um, Well, okay. So I'm going to say one, so something that's super concrete. So one exercise that I have women do, if they're having trouble trusting themselves and think they're not intuitive or whatever, is I literally have them um, close their eyes, imagine a flower in their womb space, whatever flower comes to mind or what comes to the womb. (laughs) whatever flower shows up is the perfect flower. And then I have them see what state the flower is in and then bring to mind one option of, like, they have a decision to make. So I have them bring to mind one option and then see what happens to the flower and then let that option go and then bring another m- option up to mind and see what happens to the flower. And also some, oh, yeah, you know, some people are visual. Some people mm-hmm. aren't, but most people either see something happen to the flower or they feel something different. Um, so for me, they're really not, I mean, that's, I guess that's not really pleasure in sort of the most literal sense of the word, but in, so, first off, I do think that flowers are super pleasurable. Oh yeah.
0: And it connects your third eye and your womb. Yeah, exactly. And it used to be these psychic schools. They would, they would always work with roses, right? Like what is the rose doing and is the rose wilting or is what color is it? Yeah. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that because I totally made that up. Oh no, no! That's a ma- that that's came to no. I learned that from some of my friends that are psychics and a psychic mm-hmm. class. I took one time, one time, and then I didn't resonate with all of the things, so I backed yeah. away from it. But um, it was like you, you imagine, bros. What is it doing? Yes, and what does it look like to check in on your state? But it's just holding that third eye, so connecting what's in the womb is is yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah, I it? love, I really love that. Well, and also I will say it's also I created that. But like in the moment, for yeah. some, reason. but yeah, is inspired partially by the work of Tammy Lynn Kent, okay. um, because she, in her book Wild Feminine, um, mm-hmm. she has a few different books. But anyway, she she uh, does a lot of stuff around the menstrual cycle and the womb. and and she does have this visualization that involves. Um, making an, a flower offering into your womb space in this visualization. Mm. I think that planted the seed. Um, mm. But basically, I just feel that it's. Um, mm. I mean, there. It to be honest, that's a very rich topic that we could have a whole other conversation. We're gonna about do more.
0: another conversation. We're gonna yeah it on, on speaking, again.
1: It's like yeah. um, there are so many different practices. Yes. And they all sort of interweave. And also, I I think it comes from a, a I have a mindset that it's connected and that a woman's connection to her spirituality is related to her connection to her body. Absolutely.
0: Of course. Of course. One of my teachers taught this really wonderful thing about third eye in the womb that has me, which Mm. is that, you know, that you communicate with your baby through your third eye. The baby speaks to you through your third eye because you're telepathic. Mm. And will you tell us about how people can yeah. share up with you?
1: <laughs> well, the easiest way, the place where I where I update the most is is on Instagram at Ann C. Mahler. So that's A-N-N-C as in cat, M as in Mary, O-L-L-E-R. And my website is com.
0: Fabulous. I will post those below. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. Me so much. too. Can't wait to do more soon. Me too. This is okay. really fun. Great to see you. Your hair Thank looks you. fabulous. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, and I sure hope you did, you can listen to Awakened Life Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To join the conversation, hop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash awakened life tribe. You can join us there and share any thoughts, feelings, insights, or questions that you have from listening to Awaken Life Radio, and we can interact and connect more. Also, in order to support you in your manifesting journey, you can now access 12 manifesting affirmations, a free gift available now on my website at narayanigaya.com forward slash free dash gift. Thank you so much. I look forward to connecting with you more. Namaste.